Welcome to Just Talking Story, brought to you by LifeWithAngie.com, home of the blog, We're Not Crazy, We're Just a Little Insane. Now, let's talk story. In school, I learned that the human body consists of 98% water. Now, as a father, I've discovered that this principle is not only true, but that it's absolutely incredible as to how many ways that fluid can escape the body of your child. The diaper is a wonderful but ineffective device, as children are equipped with front and back multi-directional waste removal nozzles. It matters not if the child is male or female, as they are both very effective at bypassing the diaper and marking their real target, their parents. This expulsion system seems to be activated by the presence of nice clothes or a shortage of time. Now our son, Ben, he had the charming ability to defecate on his loving father's dress shoes without leaving a mark on the diaper. Now Tristan, our youngest boy, is the sneaky one as he would wait until the diaper was off and his unsuspecting mother's face was hovering closely over him in concern for his lack of wee-wee in the diaper. As she can tell us now that uh, Tristan's an excellent shot and he definitely doesn't have sugar diabetes and uh, there's not excessive salt in his fountain of youth. Then we have the wonderful world of projectile vomiting. Now our children would lovingly provide us with the advance warning consisting of, I think I'm going to, followed by the immediate and forceful ejection of the previous hour's intake all over the couch, the carpet, the cat, the dog, or anything else close by. These situations are bad enough, but add to, their fa- uh, to my obsessive aversion to the totally natural but unpleasant reverse pump that's in our digestive tract. It, it, it reaches a new level when you think of how paranoid I am of that. It seems that our family is plagued by the psychological Spanish flu syndrome, which is when every member of the family starts to think they're coming down with a flu the minute one member of the family's stomach goes into reverse. Uh, This was caused by a trauma of living through a particularly bad flu that ran through the family when we were visiting the family farm in Oregon. Now, this memorable event resulted in every member of the family on the farm coming down with the front and back door trots at the same time. Two bathrooms and ten people, that's a recipe for disaster. The only person who didn't come down with this bug was Angie's 18-year-old cousin, Beth, Now, she might as well as, as she spent most of the time curled up in the corner awaiting for the Grim Reaper. The farmer resembled a commune in Central America after a Kool-Aid party. Bodies were all over the yards and in the two homes. I personally left a permanent memorial to the event uh, in the form of a heel print into the drywall opposite the porcelain god in Uncle David's bathroom. Now, with this in mind, uh, even a mild case of flu sent paralyzing fear through the family, This is when my 15-year-old sister-in-law informed me while we were up at the cabin in the middle of the night that she didn't feel well. Well, at that comment, you could smell the panic rising in me. Uh, It was dark in the cabin, and as the good brother-in-law that I am, I got up and turned on a flashlight to light the way out. Now, she made it to the rear door, but didn't quite get the screen door open in time. You know, I've never thought to sift through the contents of one's stomach, and now I know why you shouldn't. It's not pretty. I helped her clean up, got her back to bed, then set about cleaning up the cabin floor and screen door. I must love my sister-in-law very much, as I usually run like a pizza delivery man from a Weight Watchers convention at the first sign of an upset stomach. 
Fortunately, it was just a case of bad chili, and the dreaded plague didn't surface. That is on this trip. Now, another trip was quite a different story. We were again at the family cabin, and Grandpa George came up from the farm to visit us. At that time, the drinking water was from a community label and a ladle and an old milk can that you could fill from the manual pump at the well. Grandpa went back to the farm and, unbeknownst to us, proceeded to get deathly ill. We packed up the next day and headed off for the six-hour drive home. Three carloads of unsuspecting people headed out with many happy memories of a successful trip. We were blissfully unaware of the evil bug lurking in our digestive tracts. Now the first carload made it home before exploding. The other two carloads are not so fortunate. We made it to the rest stop at the halfway point when the first explosion happened. It was in Angie's car, and it was our youngest, Tristan, in his car seat. He managed an even coat of liquid all over himself, his seat, and the surrounding area of the van. Now, as Angie had taken him out of the van and was valiantly trying to clean him off, uh, she was passed by a very elegantly dressed mother and her daughter. They were on the way to the restroom. They stared at her as if they'd just had an encounter with a leper. Now, my vehicle pulled in behind her, and I managed to crawl over to the grass before collapsing. You know, my memories of that trip is vague at best, but to suffice it to say, we welcomed our arrival at home with a gang attack on our two bathrooms. Then there's our son, Benjamin. He has the bladder the size of a walnut. Uh, this fact resulted in many interesting road trips. Uh, usually, it would start with the onset of wiggling and inappropriate grabbing. Then the whining would kick in. Dad, I gotta go. We just left, was my reply. But Dad, I gotta go really bad. And a frantic search would be made and a relief stop would be made as soon as possible, uh, usually accompanied by much dancing and grabbing. And Ben would rush into the bathroom just in time. Now, one time there was no restroom around. We were just in the middle of nowhere, and we had miles and miles of just miles and miles. So we pulled off the freeway at the first off-ramp and found the closest tree. Now, Ben ran up to that tree with his back to the van full of exasperated family members, and he proceeded to drain his spastic bladder. Try saying that ten times fast. As he was going, he started yelling and jumping around, spraying the countryside with his homegrown fire hose. It appeared that he had watered down a nest of fire ants and they were showing their displeasure. Usually, it'd be within 10 minutes after a frantic pee stop that Ben would again announce his urgent need for further relief of a disposal system. Again, I would say, you just went. And his reply would be, but now I gotta go poop. I learned early that there are different levels of the need to poop, and that when you reach the prairie dogging stage, you need to stop immediately or suffer the aromatic consequences. To this day, when the family is going back to the cabin, we point out places we had to stop for Ben to pee. I'm sure it sounds like a weird tour guide to any non-family members with us. And to your right, you will see the dreaded fire entry, followed by the area to the left where you really don't want to look in that old tractor tire. Ben's bladder problems didn't limit themselves to just automobiles. The family boat was also fair game. Now, most of the time, the problem was easily solved with our homemade invention we called the Wizard. It was an inch-and-a-half diameter ABS drain pipe that we kept in the boat. All you had to do was stand with your back to any surrounding boats and hang your Wizard off the edge of the boat. This worked well for the male members of our family, and I've often thought of inventing the female version, consisting of a pipe with a hollowed-out bicycle seat adapter, 
but I doubt if we could get any of the females to use it, as everyone knows, they all have to go together in a potty group ritual that that species is famous for. On this occasion, the weather didn't allow the safe use of the wizard, as the wind had turned the water rough on that lake. Ben excitedly informed me of his first of many urgent needs for relief that day, and I told Ben just to go kneel in the front of the boat and grab that emergency water baler, which was really just an old one-gallon plastic milk bottle with the bottom cut off. And after Ben finished relieving himself, he asked me as to what to do with the contents of the baler. Just pour it over the side, I told him. Now, on this trip, we were fishing with one of our dear family friends. His name's Herb. He's affectionately known as Warthog. Herb's seat was on the side of the boat behind me with his back to Ben and the impromptu bathroom, of course, that Ben used on the front of the boat. Apparently, Ben had never heard the phrase, you don't spit into the wind. So he flung the warm contents of that baler out over the side, and it blew back over Herb's head. Now, fortunately, Herb had no desire to go back to prison, so he just angrily announced, I hope that was warm water I just showered in. Ben uh, didn't speak a word to him and would not even make eye contact with Herb for the rest of the day. His father, though, was unable to control his laughter as how Ben literally pissed off Warthog. <laughs> Another nautical adventure involved my secretary's husband, Perry. Now, let me describe Perry. He's a very large man who has no neck, just a large head mounted on a massive shoulders. His, his knuckles also drag the ground. He speaks in single syllables. We had made a discovery about Perry that he's prone to seasickness when we were on a company deep-sea fishing trip that the company had sponsored. The boat had not gone more than 100 yards from the dock when Perry started to not feel well. Now, if we were smart, we would have turned back at the point. But then again, that's if we were smart. And then we would have missed out on Perry's wonderful ability to entertain a group <laughs> with his unique and unusual ways of expelling matter from his massive body. You see, Perry had a bad back from an old work injury that had been operated on re repeatedly. The result that his back was bolted rigid in the same way as his movie twin Frankenstein. And this made a very strange sight as Perry launched his first of many projectiles into the pristine ocean from his straight-up standing position. The vomiting was so bad, it was, it was actually horrible. The sound effects... Uh, were remarkable, I must say. Uh, I have often heard the, the legendary Bigfoot screaming in the wilderness at the family cabin, and yeah, Perry was doing a good imitation. Now, to top off his misery, his southern regions also started to rebel, uh, resulting in a mad dash to the head, as the potty facilities on a fishing boat are called. Now, this was an old fishing boat, and it was not equipped with the self-contained sewage systems that are now normal on all seagoing vessels. This one consisted of a toilet seat with a pipe that ended up right under the boat. We found this out when my son Ben excitedly exclaimed, Whoa, what's that? while looking over the side of the boat. So we all rushed to the railing thinking we were going to see some unique sea creature only to be treated to the sight of a large brown meatloaf from Perry's upset colon, followed by a decorative wrapping of toilet paper. Now, you know, we went on several deep sea trips after that, fishing trips, but for some strange reason, Perry would never accept our invitation again. And also a side note is that sea captain during this episode uh, really didn't want to rent to us because he said we destroyed half of his handrail. 
Uh, well, actually, Perry did by his violent shaking. Now, an interesting side note about Perry. He's totally devoted to Angie, as she once saved his life. Of course, Angie is my beautiful bride. It was uh, on a houseboat trip to Sly Park one holiday weekend, and Perry had jumped into the lake, quickly got a severe cramp. He started yelling and flailing about to get our attention. I was in our boat next to the houseboat and was trying to get it near him when we heard a splash and saw Angie jump in with an inner tube in her arms to save the day. Now, it took two men, a horse, and a boy to get the panic-stricken behemoth into the boat, but we finally did. And to this day, we don't quite know why the rest of the group didn't jump in to save him. Maybe it was the sight of this massive flailing beast that made us hesitate, but it does say a lot about Angie. She may make you scratch your head at her unique way of thinking, but deep down inside, you know that she's a treasure wrapped up in a loony lady suit. Now that Angie and I are getting older, we have discovered that it's not only the children that have unique ways of losing some of that 98% liquid we are made of, Interesting developments now come to us in our older age from just a simple sneeze, or one's trying to sneak out a silent but deadly gas bubble. Uh, this can result in a quick change of clothes, or maybe even the unexpected trip to the upholstery shop for that comfortable chair in the living room. Well, I hope you've enjoyed that story. If you have any suggestions or comments, uh, please leave them at lifewithangie.com on the comment page, and they'll get to me. If you'd like to buy the storyteller a cup of coffee, it just happens to be a coffee cup icon that you can click on to do that. We'll see you next time.